you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey, with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Manister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number six of the SRG podcast is brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing in Tower Square in downtown Springfield and their new location in Amherst, your go-to pregame spot for Thunderbirds games. Alongside Matt Baker, I am Steve Forney. And uh, speaking of that, Matt, real quick, uh, before yep. the game on Sunday, you got the chance to go down to White Lion uh, pregame. So how was it? What, what we did. It? it was great. Yeah, we went um, Sunday for the Kids Club opener. Uh, my, my wife and my kids met another family down at white lion, um, had the spicy chicken, some nachos and the Mac and cheese, uh, one or two flights. Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny. They, they serve the flights, um, you know, a little, I don't, they're more than samplings of different, uh, beers, but, uh, you start in the Berkshires and you make your way over to Boston because they serve it to you in a. The plate is a, a cutout of Massachusetts, so it's pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. That yeah. is cool. Very cool. Well, so, wow. yeah, no, great time. And, and and it was actually the first time I'd been there with my family, and so I didn't know exactly how the vibes would be, but it was great. There were other younger kids there. Um, we actually met another um, younger kids club member there. She was there with her family as well, so it was, it was a good time. It was good. Awesome. Awesome. And, and for those who can't tell, Matt might sound a, a little hoarse today. Usually I'm the horse one after a weekend of games. But uh, Matt uh, and family was in attendance for both of the games, which we are obviously going to get into, Matt. Finally, we yeah. have some actual hockey games to talk about, which is great. Um, we also do have just some news, uh, like just some sort of lead off the top here with some general news, uh, not only with Thunderbirds related, but uh, AHL and NHL related at that, at that matter. Yeah. Uh, that's relevant to us. I think the top story is the captaincy and the assistant captaincy getting named. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Pekka is the captain and then four alternates, obviously two at home games, two on the road. Um, anything surprise you in that, that group? Um, I think, and, and we've talked about this, <clears throat> excuse me at, at, at length, but I think that the biggest surprise was bitten um, not getting the a uh, I think, Pekka is very well deserved to have the C. He sort of was my uh, thought. That's who I thought would get it. Um, I'm proud for him, happy for him. Um, not to knock the guys who did earn the A, but it, it was surprising to see uh, Will Bitten not named one of the leaders. Um, I think, you know, Rosen, Walker, McGing, and Kessel are all guys that I think you could expect maybe to get some NHL time. Um, but, you know, we talked about this too, Kessel, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this probably when we break down the Providence game. You know, he he clearly has the talent. 
Um, and sometimes he just finds himself maybe half a step behind or, or making that silly mistake. Um, and I'm hoping maybe with the Aeon refocuses him um, and, and he feels a little bit of that added pressure and, and he can rise to the occasion. Um, so I, I, no major gripes, just a little bit surprised that Will Bitten wasn't named, but you know, I, I, maybe the team knows something that we don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that was, that was interesting too. And maybe, I mean, some guys just don't want it, Yeah, you know, sure. maybe there's a chance that he just, just wasn't interested in it either. Um, my biggest thought on that. And, you know, we talked last episode, I thought that guys like Rosen and Walker would not get it because they were going to be spending so much time going back and forth. Um, but I guess when you look at it on paper, both of those guys have to clear waivers. Both of those guys make more money than somebody like Will Bitten. So mm-hmm. if you need a quick call up, um, maybe Bitten is the cheaper, easier, more flexible option to come up and down. And sure. so maybe they said, well, Walker and Rosen, chances are, are going to be spending more time down in Springfield, which, by the way, is good news for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe the thought process there was, again, like we were sort of talking about, which players are going to spend more consistent time down here. And maybe that says something about Will Bitten, about being uh, an option for St. Louis when call-up time is needed. Sure. Yeah, that that great point. Good insight there. That's a good um, point. I'm really glad that Huma Gang is there. I, I really like this player. I think that he's got a great personality. I think his game has gotten better and better each year. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is in terms of AHL skill or NHL skill or anything like that. He reminds me of Anthony Greco, uh, super fast, small on the small size, but uh, but doesn't you know doesn't mind getting dirty, getting physical. Mm-hmm. Had a couple scuffles uh, along the benches uh, over the weekend, yep. so that's a player that I really like, and I'm I'm actually really glad that he was able to get that as well. Um, elsewhere around the AHL, it looks like. As we said, this Atlantic division is going to be good. Uh, Hershey gets shut out in the opener. Um, we talked about the that sort of Calder Cup hangover. Yeah, um, right. They might have been dealing a little bit of what the the Thunderbirds have dealt with against Hartford, which was you're playing a team that's already played and you haven't. And mm-hmm. it takes that whatever period and a half, two periods to get into the flow of the game uh, before it all starts. So maybe there was a little bit of that. That that's I mean I, I obviously didn't see the Hershey game but that very well could have happened um, you know getting shut out in your in your season opener coming off the Calder Cup isn't never something you want to happen but you know it happened and, and glad it happened to Hershey <laughs> and then sometimes it's that too there's all the buildup that you know you put the mm-hmm. banner up the game starts later than it usually does players are kind of you know they're not in their out routine of that, yeah you're out of that routine exactly and so maybe there there's a little bit of that too. Um, but I think one of the things we're learning is that this division is going to be good between Thunderbirds, Providence, Hershey, Charlotte, Hartford. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get into the games over the weekend, but these are some, these are some darn good teams. They are. And, and, you know, if I can make a real quick, way too early prediction on, on how this kind of unfolds, I, I don't think it would be, I wouldn't be surprised to see those top tier teams, the Springfields, the Hartfords, Hershey, um, Providence, when it's all said and done, they play each other so much. You know, I think if, if you are around 500 amongst those teams, I think that's fine. And I think where you can separate yourself is if when, you know, when you have those opportunities playing maybe a little bit lesser talented of a team, 
you've got to dominate them. And I think, you know, I, that it'll be interesting, you know, like we're, I'll, I'll bookmark this episode and at the end of the season, we'll see if that there's any truth to that. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised to see that sort of everybody's flirting around 500 amongst each other. And, you know, who, who dominated Scranton, who dominated Lehigh Valley, who, you know, Bridgeport, you know, who, yeah, well, Bridgeport's and Bridgeport's always tough. Like Bridgeport yeah. had a really nice year last year, but they're they're like the Islanders. They're just a pain in the neck to play against, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where they are in the standings. They're always just a pain. So and 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 it seems like every year you get that one team that comes out of nowhere, like Hartford last year, where sure. in December they had no business even sniffing the playoffs. Then before you yeah. know it, they're making a run. So. You know, again, we'll see Wilkes-Barre and, and um, Lehigh Valley this weekend. And I don't have very high expectations for those teams, but ask me again in January where those teams are at because they could pop off just as easily as everybody else. Sure. No, 100%. And and they're not without talent. There's talent on that right. roster. I, I, I'm, I'm speaking optimistically. If the Springfield Thunderbirds, and I think they have the potential is there to be one of the better teams in the division, I think if if they can flirt around 500 with those other top level teams, what will separate them is you know can they dominate Scranton? Can they dominate the other teams? Um, you know, and and we'll see how that goes. But that that's sort of if, if Springfield is going to take that next step, then that's I think what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So just a couple of other n- sort of newsworthy things. Um, obviously a great weekend in Springfield, a great attendance. The fans were awesome. And we'll obviously get into the Bridgeport game, uh, sorry, the uh, Providence game, but nice to see Adam Gaudet getting recognition for the third star of the night across mm-hmm. the league on, uh, on, on Sunday after that win in Providence. Um, so big stuff there. And, and I'm curious what, uh, if you look up to the NHL level, um, Pavel Buchnevich, who's a big part of the St. Louis blues. It looks like he's going to miss maybe one, two, maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is a chance for Nikita Alexandrov, who had a great camp. That's exactly the same thought I had. Um, noticing he kind of was left out of the starting lineup. Um, he's clearly on their roster, and and hopefully this is this is his opportunity to to crack the starting lineup, get some good minutes, and and see what he can do, um, and and really be a force up there in St. Louis. Yeah, and- you also had oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well you had Tyler say- Tucker. Tyler Tucker scoring the first goal of the season for the blues. Um, So that was awesome to see. Yeah. The first of the whole, the whole season went to Tyler Tucker. That was awesome. Yeah. Just real quick, quick on, on Nikki. Um, You know, usually when he's gotten into the roster, he's that fourth line guy and Buchnevich plays a lot of minutes. So I'm wondering if they're going to kind of divide that and add it to guys like Thomas and Cairo or if, or both, but maybe there's Mm -hmm. a chance Nikki's playing, a bigger role if he gets that nod if he sees some power play time if he sees you know 18 minutes instead of 12 minutes or something like that i think that would be uh that'd be great for him so um obviously we're wishing the best for both of those guys uh, tyler tucker nikki Toropchenko, all those guys yeah uh, we wanted to absolutely crush it up there and the more that they're crushing it up there uh the less they'll be uh they'll be picking at our ro- at our roster here like a carcass well so, that's it uh, right right the less if, if if those guys are doing what they're capable of up in St. Louis, uh, the chances of Will Bitten, Nathan Walker, those guys staying down here and, and 
continuing to build their chemistry here in Sing- um, in Springfield, that that's kind of what we want here for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's look at the games this weekend. Uh, Saturday night, opening night against Hartford, sellout crowd. Uh, looked like they were a little, uh, kind of like we talked about Hershey, a little sluggish off the jump. Um, and I think you feel like I do. I think it might've just been a, a, the fact that maybe Springfield wasn't all that sluggish. Maybe Hartford was just that much more ready to go based on the fact that um, they'd already kind of played a game on Friday night. Yeah, I, I think that's a real thing. I do. I, I You can't replicate game speed in practice. You can't really replicate game speed in, in preseason either, I think. So the first period, Hartford, in my opinion, clearly was sharper, faster. Um, even you look at that first goal, um, you know, I, I forget who scored it for Hartford, but Coglin misses the check the hip check over there on the, on the, against the boards. Um, I think it was Rosen is late crash in the net and in it goes, you know, so they just seemed that first period, a step behind uh, Subban, in my opinion, was great in that game. Um, I think that's going to be a strength for this team. The goaltending, absolutely. Uh, without Subban in that first period, it, it could have been two, three, nothing. Uh, so he kept them in the game I think in the second and third period, I think the Thunderbirds looked like a better team. They did, in my opinion. Uh, they they matched the speed. I thought they did a nice job circulating the puck. Um, I think they struggled this weekend getting through the neutral zone a little bit. But once they got into the offensive zone, they circulated the puck well. Pekka line, uh, Pekka, Gaudette, and um, Walker. Walker. Without them this weekend, oh man, it would it would not look good. So they played really well. I thought the penalty kill. I know I'm rambling off a lot here, Steve. No, so no, feel no, free just to, fire, to jump no, fire in. away. No, fire away. You're good. Uh, I thought their penalty kill actually played well. Five on three. What can you do? Um, some suspect referee calls there, but you know. I thought their penalty kill looked all right. Their power play, they didn't light the lamp on a power play, but I thought they looked okay. Um, they've never really impressed me with their power play. A lot of passing around the perimeter, but I thought they cir- circulated the puck well. They found the slot a few times. Dylan Garan just, he stonewalled them. I mean, and he really did. Uh, from my vantage point, I sit over in section one, and those first and third periods, it, T-Birds had some empty nets. They had some chances and Grand just came out of nowhere and stonewalled them. So, you know, you're, that happens throughout the course of a season. You just run into a hot goalie and not much you can do there. Yeah. And I think when we talk about, well, and anybody talks about uh, chemistry, we usually think of the three guys and things like you're saying power play, penalty kill, special teams, neutral zone. That's a five man unit. Sometimes a six man unit when you throw the yeah. goalie in there as well. And, those are the kind of things that take adjustments. I mean, how many of these guys either were playing with new faces or were playing their first AHL game in that mm-hmm. game? Sure. Yeah. So not having that opportunity to to get their feet wet. And I, I think the Zacks, I think Dean and Bolduke played much better in game two. I mean, they played much better by the time the third period rolled around in the Hartford yep. game. Um, but 
um, I, I think that that adjustment period was definitely there, at least for the first 20 to 30 minutes of the game, the first period and a half. Sure. So um, I do think that the, the, I thought the officiating was strange. I thought that there was big, obvious penalties that didn't get called. And then a lot of sort of ticky tack stuff mm-hmm. that, that didn't get called. And I, it's like every year, and this goes on in all sports every year, there's something new that they need to focus on. They get the memo from, the yep. head of officiating that says we're cracking down on hooking, we're cracking down on slashing, we're cracking, and so they they pay laser focus on those things, and they start calling these stick infractions that are just not, you know, uh, it's fifty fifty. They're going to now call it. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think it, usually they grow out of that. Yeah, and there's less yeah. of it as it goes on throughout the season. Well, but the first couple of games, it's it's like being a teacher, Matt. Right, you start off. You just got to start off hard and then you can yes. ease up as the year goes on. Right. And, and it's also <clears throat> the players learn to adjust to the new style of refereeing. You know, as you're saying, there's always uh, a point of emphasis uh, for the referees that they need to, and the players will adapt. And I'm sure too, it takes a little while for the players to recognize certain referees, how they call a game. Some referees are going to call a little bit tighter. Some aren't some, you know, you don't expect much from, Look, refereeing is always an issue. I I, I always try not to make that too much of of an excuse. I mean, it's bad for everybody. Um, But, you know, there were some suspect calls. I even thought, I think it was the first goal against Hartford. It looked like he was in the crease a little bit. I thought that could have been goaltender interference. Um, He wasn't pushed in to the crease at all. And I thought he was in there before the puck got into the crease. But again, uh, you know, if you... If you make that check against the boards, I believe it was um, Coglin. Uh, Coglin. If you make that check, or probably the better play is not even attempting it because you weren't even close, right? If you don't attempt it and just sort of play the body, um, you make it a little bit more of a difficult pass into the slot there. And but overall, sure, it was disappointing not to come away with the win. I thought the crowd did a nice job. Um, Subban played great first line. The Pekka line played fantastic. I thought Pekka looked really good. I thought he looked fast. He looked crisp. He was playing, um, you know, red line to red line, really. Um, You know, without them, that game could have gotten carried away. So it was, I think, the empty netter, you know, it was a two-to-one game. And and I think games like that, again, over the course of a season, the puck is going to bounce one way for Springfield. It bounces one way for Hartford. So it was promising obviously things to work on promising i left saturday night again disappointed but optimistic that all right i think there might be some pieces here on this team yeah and, and i don't i don't mean to beat on beat up on them too hard but that was sort of the talk that i heard was that first goal that sort of sucked the life out of the building um and you know sometimes there's this and i've noticed it at, at all levels of, the, of of hockey if the other team delivers a big hit mentally you change a little bit now you feel like you need to lay a big hit and sure somebody on hartford laid a a a nice little hip check uh one of those old school hip checks like whatever 45 seconds before coglin tried his yeah and you know here's a guy who's hasn't played you know he was played in chicago last year so he's not familiar with the players in the east Mm -hmm. um a guy who i think thinks that he belongs in the nhl so he thinks he's got something to prove and I think it just got away from him for a second. I think he was just like, you know what? I am going to send this guy rear end over tea kettle 
Yeah. Underestimating the speed. And, and yeah, when you try to lay a hit like that and it doesn't go, you're really setting yourself way out of position. And and, and dangerous too. I think it was like 30 seconds left in the first period too. It was just, it was tough timing, tough timing. Yeah. Yeah. And Bell's Bell's you got that, but yeah, you're right. It was inside of, of the last half minute of the, of the period. So um, I, again, and, and he had a lot of penalties in that game, Mm -hmm. but I do think that he was actually really, really good on Sunday. And agree. You know, when you, when you have a game, that's not very good and you know, it's not very good, but you're able to come back the next night and show. um, I think that is, that's the way to do it. So um, Hartford to me, it's just, I, I still look at it last year and I'm like, how are they good? (laughs) <laughs> like, like I, I look at Providence and again, I know I'm, I'm a Bruins fan, but I look at that lineup and I see McLaughlin and Lysel and, and uh, you know, Lowry and Georgie Merkulov and just guys that will play in the NHL someday. And then I look at the Hartford roster and I'm like, where is that? Like, I just, the, the, there's like two, maybe three guys in that roster that have NHL capabilities. And I, I just, it blows my mind how they're good. Like I can't wrap my head around why Hartford is good. Why they're not? We're not talking about them being in the basement. I, I mean, they might end up there. I, Dylan Grand. I don't know. From my vantage point, he played phenomenal. And and you know this, right? Sometimes it could ju- you just ride the goalie as far as he'll take you. Um, Springfield was the better team for two out of the three periods. They just could not could not get the puck past Grand. And, you know, I, I don't think there's room up in the NHL for him yet. I think the Rangers are pretty solid there. I know they just picked up Jonathan Quick as well. Um, so, you know, I think Garand is – expect to see him all season long unless there's an injury. But he he just played really well. I, I mean, in my opinion, that's all really all I can say. Nobody yeah. from Hartford, I didn't feel like – Hartford was faster in the first period, but they the second and third period, I think Springfield stepped their game up and they were the better team. Yeah. And and again, we've been talking a lot about the Hartford guys. Uh Malcolm Subban, if we're that's what we're gonna get all season, we are gonna be in great shape. Um, like you said, that could have been three, four, nothing uh to start the game. And he his positioning is sound. I don't know if people noticed, but I just know from his time in the league, he loves to handle the puck. So he does some stuff that might freak you out a little bit. You know, he got one that was on one side of the net and just kind of, you know, flipped it across the front of the empty <laughs> net to the far side. And yes. I have confidence in him doing that. There's not many guys I'm like confident in that move. Um, but uh, I thought he was absolutely exceptional. I thought goaltending was the story of the weekend on both teams. I But uh, I, I thought Brandon Bussey was not very good for Providence. But other than that, I thought the other three guys we saw, like you're mentioning, were excellent. Yeah, yeah. And if we can talk a little bit about the Providence game, I mean, let's start right off the bat with Big Z. He made a save, and 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 we'll break down the whole game. I don't want to jump right to the third period, but he made a save there within the last minute of the game that even my kids, <laughs> after he made it, it was they were <clears throat> it was six on five. Bussy had already went to the bench, and he had the right side of his net was wide open. I don't know if you could see it from your vantage point, Steve, in the box, but he he made a save. The puck bounced. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he just, he threw a stick out there and he got it. And my kids, oh my gosh, did he, I can't believe he made that save. It was phenomenal. So, you know, 
Zarenko. Let me ask you, Steve, who picks who's in charge of picking stars of the game? Um, so I don't want to throw him under the bus because I feel the same way you do. Um, but it is it you is could just Ryan. say someone, someone. It's Ryan, the, the broadcaster, but I I the, the goalies to me always get shafted with the three oh. stars because it's like, well, if you give up two or three goals, then you're automatically out of the race. But when you make we have 41 shots on net and, and good you, shots, right? And you save whatever 37, 38 of them, and you get the win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is yeah. So excuse my math. Zarenko, yeah. And again, I know Gaudet played great, but uh, Zarenko lights out. I, I think again over the course of a season, both goalies, you're, they're going to have you know half a dozen games where you're just like ew, right? Oh, awful. And that happens. These, if this is sort of a baseline, if this is what we can get in between the pipes between Subban and Zarenko, because they were they were sharp, they were they were on their game. Um, I thought Leo Luf played really well against Providence. I, I like him. I know he's young, um, an early draft pick by the Blues. But he's not. A, he didn't seem afraid of the moment. More so on Sunday. Um, right off, I think second <clears throat> second series. I think you know Hugh McGain got mixed up in a little little something in front of the the net. Leo Luf was the first one there, and was not afraid to back down. Um, so I was I was very impressed with his play. I thought he played pretty sound defense as well um, over the course of the whole weekend. But I think he he can be something special. I think. Um, you know, give it time again, he's young, so he's going to make mistakes. Um, he was out of position a few times, but I think overall played pretty sound defense. And I was just, I w- was glad to see him proactively be aggressive and not just have the moment pushed onto him. He brought the moment to himself. Hmm. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and there's another guy who's playing in his first and his first AHL action, you know, so when yeah. we talk, we always focus on the Zacks, but Leo Luce, another guy who, you know, Saturday night is a feeling out process. You got to really get your feet yep. wet. You got to get your skates under you. And um, yeah, I thought Leo Luce, not afraid to stick up for his teammates. Um, I thought he was great in that game. Um, I do want to, I think we're probably set on the Hartford game. Um, yeah. We want to break down Providence, but before we do, I do just want to give a shout out. Uh, to our friends at White Lion Brewing in their new location in Amherst on North Pleasant Street. And, of course, right down there in downtown Springfield at Tower Square at 1500 Main Street, the place to go prior to Springfield Thunderbirds games. Just ask Matt Baker. Uh, Parking in downtown Springfield is a bit tricky these days. Make sure you park in the Tower Square garage, then swing into White Lion, show them your T-Birds ticket, and they will validate your parking for you. And, of course, while you're there, grab... Uh, some nachos, some mac and cheese, uh, the Hall of Fame wings, along with any of their 20 plus beers that they have. Don't forget, you can find those in your favorite White Lion, uh, or you find those White Lion beers in your local liquor store cooler as well. Make sure you uh, uh, go there and get the flight, get the statewide flight that uh, that Matt had. Uh, White Lion Brewing now in Amherst and in downtown Springfield, pal, proud local supporter of the SRG podcast. Make sure you tell them uh, that the fellows at SRG said sent you, and of course, say hi to Matt if he's there. Uh, definitely uh, say hi there as well. Um, so I'm glad we we got the you got the opportunity to to go check that place out. Um, I I it's funny. I thought on the surface that these two games might go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have you have Hartford who played the night before, went to overtime, 
came, you know, had to travel to Springfield, which again, isn't exactly like crossing the Atlantic, but um, you know, you had them in a vulnerable spot. And maybe this is the kind of thing where if, if you took this exact scheduled weekend and you plopped it into November or January or February, it might go differently. <clears throat> um, Providence had the night off on Saturday, uh, then came into a team that played Friday night and then it, or I'm sorry, uh, Springfield played Saturday night and then had to come around to play a day game on Sunday. That's a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. So I had pictured this weekend going the total opposite way. And yet uh, here was Springfield pulling out a, a four, three victory over Providence. in what I think is one of the most entertaining third periods. I mean, it's been a while since we worked, but that third period was awesome. It was. And I mean, how bad was the second period though? Oh yeah, it was, it was brutal. Yeah, I don't Providence. think the Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds didn't get their first shot until there was about nine and a half minutes left. And and I think they only had two the whole period. Mm-hmm. I, I think <clears throat> they matched first period. I thought was they matched energy. I think both teams played. I, I think, you know, and we've talked about this where we kind of think these teams are among the top. And I think they, they played that way in the first period. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard after, a, a, you know, that middle period, it, it's always momentum swings and, and heading into the third period, you feel the pressure the way the Thunderbirds played in that second period, uh, I had my doubts. I thought, oh boy, this this can get away from us. But again, Zarenko was the reason that they they were in that game. I mean, and and the Pekka line again. We're, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but they deserve it. The Pekka line with Walker and Gaudet were the only offense up until you know that third period. Um, but. It, Providence, again, Springfield really struggled getting through that neutral zone. I don't know what they were what they were trying to do. I, I haven't seen enough of them this year to see how, you know, Coach Drew Bannister wants things to unfold, but they really struggled taking the puck through the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Um, power plays as well. And they, they just couldn't seem to set anything up offensively. They couldn't possess the puck. They couldn't move the puck. They couldn't settle the puck. They couldn't really do anything other than watch Providence shoot and watch Zarenko save it <laughs> in the second well, period. Even, That's real. And even clearing the zone. I just thought there was a couple of times where they needed yeah. to just get the puck out of the zone and it would, you know, it would either bounce the wrong way or they'd get it close to the blue line and Providence would keep it in. And it's one of those things where you're just, you, you could tell they're tired. You could tell they're wiped. Yeah, uh, are we just is this going to end a goal, or are they going to be able to fist this thing out of the zone and get a line change? And it just there were times where it just felt like forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, like it, it's it's moments like that when then in hindsight you can say, "All right, this team has some grit. This team does have some Springfield spirit." And the way they came out in the third period, you have Bolduc getting his first AHL goal, um, and again you, the first line still played really well. They, they carried the team through and Zarenko made the saves when he needed to. And, and it was was a very entertaining, very fun game to be a part of. Yeah. I went back to my, my trusty game day notebook, which I have Mm -hmm. for every game. Um, (laughs) Providence outshot uh, 16 to three in that second period, which is, uh, which is, which is a lot to overcome the fact that they were still in that game at that point is, is amazing. Um, I, I find a lot of times in hockey, and this reminds me of the old, you know, mid two thousands Bruins where 
it's like you're grinding and grind like mm. scoring goals is so hard and you grind and you push and you forecheck and you make a line change and you just you're putting so much effort into getting one goal and then the other team gets it and they just go down and it's like bing bang boom score and you're just like why does it look so easy for them and look yeah. so hard for us and this was one of those games where it felt like that for two periods and then nine seconds in and i know you're you're from hamden connecticut so you know quinnipiac i'm a quinnipiac grad the goal that Quinnipiac won on in the yeah. um, in the uh, NCAA finals, right? Yep. They go to overtime. It took, I, th- I believe, it took nine seconds. Yeah, so it was. It, that was the play that off. they did. Yeah, yeah. It was like the exact same play. They they get the puck, go down, bing bang boom, they score. It was I mean, Zach Bolduc's goal was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Pekka's goal was gorgeous. Uh, Adam Godet's goal was beautiful. So it's like. The, the more that they gel, the more that they figure this out, the more that they can work cohesively as a team. I don't think we're going to have to see those, those grindy, you know, yeah. goals. I think you're going to be able to see some real beautiful highlight, high flying goals. And I think, I think just like that, that missed hip check in the Hartford game, turned things around that goal that Walker scored nine seconds in to the third period. Yeah. That was the one that you're like, all right, like, like now, now we're ready to go. You felt a sigh of relief. It was kind of like, ah, okay, let's let's go now. You know, you kind of, I don't know. I, that's how I felt sitting in the stands. Um, that was the sense I got. People sitting around us. You're like, okay, let's go. Here we go. And you know, the the top line scores four out of the five goals. I don't think you would expect. 80% of your goals to come from one line. You know, if that's the case, that, that could be tough. But I, I, um, when another line steps up to match that first line production, and I think it will be the Zacks, um, you know, the line, I think Bitten was with them this weekend. Um, I think that line is going to step up and even just make those hustle plays. Uh, I, I offensively, I, I agree with you. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of those. You'll see them, but you know, hopefully those games where you're just grinding, grinding and grinding, hopefully it comes a little bit easier. Um, but a lot of things to be optimistic about this weekend. And I think it's something to be said when you can say, you know, we might against Providence, we might not have been the better team over the course of three periods, but you get the win. I think that's huge. Um, and overall, I, I think it was, if you told me, after this opening weekend, you're coming out with three points. I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy with that. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, something that, uh, something we didn't, I did not love. Um, and I, we, I just, we hate to keep picking on the guy and you mm. bring it up as soon as this happened, I immediately texted you yeah. in section one. Cause I'm like, why does this always happen to Matt <sighs> Kessel? Why yeah. does it happen to this poor Matt Kessel? But I'm watching it and I, you know, I kind of have an, my angle from where I sit goes to the far corners. When things are in the near side corner with the glass, I can't really see it all that well, but the far mm-hmm. corners I got an eye on beautifully. And uh, one of the Thunderbirds defensemen has it in the far corner. One of the guys come forwards, come streaking up right in front of me. And he's trying to make a cross ice pass, you know, on the fly. And as he releases that puck, Matt Kessel just skates right in the way. <laughs> the, the puck hits Kessel. Providence gets it, and I and immediately said they're going to score here, and I think that was the Toporowski goal where it just it hits Kessel. Somebody gets it, makes a pass, goal, 
all of a sudden your transition offense turns into into a goal and that was just it's one of those ones that you're like like why like, I, I, I don't even i can't even blame him other than like why like it uh, it's hard to explain it like and, and again I, I i think kessel has the talent he, he does he he's very talented of a player it it's not that a lack of talent creates these wrong place wrong times it's it's just i i, I would never want to go to mgm with him and and <laughs> play craps i just that's such a good way to put it I, don't I, come with me either because i can't play craps either, yeah right? I, I, you so, know. Yeah, i don't know if well maybe i mean i don't know but you know it but yeah it's things like that it's just you're like why you know um but i i think overall in the weekend though I, I actually think he played pretty well this weekend. Agreed. Um, he 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 didn't. Other than that one play, um, he didn't really stand out. I thought he played pretty good defense. I thought he he seemed more aggressive. Um, a little bit more in the mix on um a few of the penalty kills in the Sunday game. Um, he was mixing it up pretty well. So I, I thought he played okay. Um, he just, he's, he finds himself in, in very inopportune moments that the other team always seems to capitalize too. I think that that's what sort of, in, at least in my perspective hurts Matt Kessel a little bit is that the other teams take advantage of those mistakes mm -hmm. they're probably mistakes and, and things that all players do all the time, but they're not highlighted with a goal like Kessel's always are. Um, <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, you I uh, know I, I I hear what you're saying, and again, we're not trying to trying to beat up on the guy or anything, but it I I think that I think that last year he was relied upon too much, mm -hmm. um, and I think that you know when 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 Tommy Cross goes down and you have call up and you lose Tyler Tucker and all of a sudden you're playing more than maybe a guy at his age and experience doesn't need to play. Sure, I do think that now with with Callie Rosen with Wyatt, Wyatt Kalanuck, with Leo Loof and Dylan Coughlin, I, I think that not that he's going to like play less, which is the good thing. I think the good thing is that not he doesn't have as much on his shoulders. Sure. And especially being the A, um, you can kind of lead by example, but not be the guy who has to play 25 minutes a night. I think he'll be sure. able to to kind of ease things in, play on the uh, the penalty kill, you know, play some special teams but also have other guys around him that he can, you know, he can use, he can use, he can work with. And I think that'll be good for him as well. So not trying to beat up on, on Matty Kessel, but uh, it wasn't exactly a. a there's a always a Kessel moment. moment. There, there's always a Correct. Kessel moment. And, and, you know, you, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. And it's also, maybe I'm looking for it more because we talk about it, but there's always, <laughs> there always seems to be a Kessel moment and, I, I there wasn't one Saturday. That's I true. Not, not that again. It just so you know. Maybe right. it's one a weekend. Maybe it's yeah, just one a weekend. <laughs> but um, oh. hey, you know, some guys are able to to sort of break out of this, and but I just I had the perfect angle of that puck hitting him right in the back of the skates, and I'm like, oh, this is just not. And, and that's it. That's it. yeah. That's it. Uh. So um. I mean, hey, from a Providence perspective, I think you got to be a little disappointed. They are uh, two games played, uh, no wins. So a yeah. shootout loss and a regulation loss. So that's 
something to keep our eye on as well as, you know, I got the standings pulled up here and the basement is Providence and Bridgeport, right? Two games in, right? Yep. But um, there they are at the basement. So, um, so it's interesting. Anything else you had from that game you wanted to touch on uh, before I go to? Not really. Not really. I mean, I think overall, again, I, I've said it before, but three points after opening weekend, I'll take it. Um, yeah. Things to work on as, as the team continues to gel. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to critique a little bit more, but overall, I think good things from line one, another line has to step up and I I have no reason to think that it, it won't happen. I mean, uh, another line needs to step up uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they will. And, you know, um, goaltending, if goaltending can stay consistent, I don't think they need to play on their heads every single game because I think the T-Birds can score. I think they have offensive power. Um, but if goaltending can stay consistent, uh, I think you're looking at a team that at the end of the season, um, you know, in the middle of the winter, we're talking about this team making a playoff push. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to add is that, you know, we talked about when goals are like a sigh of relief, like, thank, thank God. Mm-hmm. I, I found they started with a goal that was a sigh of relief and they ended with a goal that was Adam Gaudet hands up in the air, skating on one skate right past the Providence bench, looking at the crowd crowd going wild, like cockiness, arrogance. We're better than you. Like that's what we need more of is, you know, we're going to go out there and, you know, playing to win, not playing, not to lose. Um, Mm. I don't want any more sigh of relief goals. I want in your face, cocky. We're better than you. And we're going to, drop the puck we're going to score another one that was what i saw from that godet um celebration and and that's you know we talk about the top line right they got four of the five goals but that's what i want to see more of is that feeling of of uh, we're better you know and um they showed that against a team that i think on paper i think providence is better than springfield on paper i do Mm -hmm. but to have that feeling at that goal i thought was was awesome Mm -hmm. um i just want to share share something real quick that you guys sort of like to know uh, some listeners like to know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, And I talked a little bit about this with Luke and with Kevin, we all have the headsets on, right. And we're all sort of talking to each other and we have two channels. So I have two buttons on my console and I have two volumes and Mm -hmm. one goes to the office officials who give me penalties and goals and assists and all stuff. And the other one goes to Luke in production. We talk about what we have coming up. Well, this weekend, for some reason, the two lines were crossed. So we had not only all the people that Luke talks to on headset, but also all the office officials all on the exact same line. So you want to talk about chaos. And and I made some big mistakes during uh, during uh, a pregame. And I really I sincerely apologize to Paul Pignelli for calling him Peter Pignelli. My brain was in a thousand different places and I wasn't reading what I was saying what I was reading. So I apologize a, a thousand times for that. Um, but boy, oh boy, you want to talk about, sh- want to talk about voices in your head as you're trying to do something, just absolute chaos. So hopefully we can get that fixed uh, before the next game. But uh, yeah, we had, we had at least 12 or 13 people all in the same line trying to do two different jobs. Wow. Uh, just uh, madness. So, Hey, you know what? These opening weekend, these things happen. We had, Saturday night, I said, let's go down to that Pioneer Valley indoor karting opening video, and it didn't fire. <laughs> uh, the anthem singer got out Saturday night, forgot the mic, so I had to give him mine through the glass. I don't know if anybody I, I saw that. that. Yep. 
So, uh, you know, sometimes these things uh, kind of, we had some clock issues because you keep pressing stop and, and it didn't stop. So, boy, Sunday was one of those games from behind the scenes angle. We were just like, let's just get to triple zeros in the third period and get the hell out of here because yeah. like, this is one of those days where it's not going so well. So, But, I mean, uh, the, the cool thing is, and like from a fan's perspective, that's and that's what I am, a lot of that stuff doesn't like, and, and this is why I'm, I'm glad we were able to have Kevin and, and um, Luke on to shed light onto what does go on behind the scenes, because we're watching a football game. You guys are working. Like you, like you said, you've got your people talking in every ear and, and noise coming from all over the place. And I, I mean, it, it's still just as enjoyable. I know you guys have a job to do, but I can guarantee you, my kids didn't, didn't pick up on any of that stuff. You yeah. know, we're, we're, we're happy. We're having fun at the game and, and everything is just rocking at the Thunderdome. Well, especially in, in radio, I always say the, don't let the, if your hair is on fire behind the scenes, don't let the audience know that your hair is on fire. Mm. If you tell them that your hair is on fire, then they're going to be like, Oh, listen to this. Look at this disaster. Yeah. But if you don't tell them that your hair is on fire, they won't know what's going yeah. on. And so we just try to, you know, you just try to roll with it and you make it as best you can. And um, I thought everybody, again, handled it as well as we can. You know, we're all trying to do a job and and things happen and um, we got through it. We got through yeah. it. So that's, that's all that matters. Um, as we kind of look ahead here to next week, uh, only one game at home. Uh, I, I do have my AHL TV uh, kicked on, ready to go. So uh, I'll be tuned into those games on Saturday and Sunday, but um, it kind of a weird schedule. Usually if you have a three and three, you, and you're playing teams from Pennsylvania, usually you do the Pennsylvania sweep, right? Like you go mm-hmm. out there three games, you play Lehigh Valley, Wilkes-Barre and Hershey, and then you come back home. I don't know if I ever recall a three and three to where you play a team from Philly on Friday, and then you get on the bus and you drive to Pennsylvania to play two other Pennsylvania teams. It's just the, the schedule is kind of weird yeah. to me. I don't know if Lehigh Valley even plays anybody on Saturday, um, but that's it. The T-Birds host Lehigh Valley on Friday and then um, Wilkes-Barre Saturday and then Lehigh Valley again in Lehigh Valley on Sunday. Yeah, this is tough, right? Three and threes are tough and especially two on the road. I- I'm hoping and I'm expecting two wins. Um I think that would be great. Again, going back to my earlier point I opened with, I think these are the teams that if, if Springfield wants to separate themselves, these are the teams you got to rack up the wins against. I think a win, excuse me, at home Friday night, I think is, is big to start the three and three. And then if you can come away, if you can come away with a point, at least, I mean, I, I really would expect them to, to win one. I would like that. So what are your, do you have any other expectations? Um, well, no, I, I, like I kind of said earlier, I, I think this, these are the two teams where you might find some surprise. Yeah. Like right yeah. now, the expectations for me are not very high for either one of them, but you might look at the schedule um, in the standings come January and be like, man, Lehigh Valley has really turned it on or, um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I just looked them up. So Lehigh Valley plays obviously in Springfield Saturday. Then they go to Hart. I'm sorry, start over. In Springfield on Friday. Then they go to Hartford, play in Hartford Saturday. 
Then they go back home to play Springfield again on Sunday. So they have a three and three as well with travel and they had to play two games on the road, just like we do. So, um, you know, again, I don't know geographically, but I assume that Springfield and Hartford are kind of equidistant to Wilkes-Barre and Lehigh Valley. I don't know. Um, I assume that it's, it's probably similar, but um, I got to assume both these teams are going to be going to be sleeping well on Sunday night after, uh, after this. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see what uh, we'll see what it comes in. And I think that this whole probably the first 10, 12 games of the season is going to be that feeling out process. Right. It's going to be trying to figure out who's who, what's what, get used to the travel schedule, get used to the hotels, the buses, everything else that goes on. So um, so we'll see. But but it's exciting. And it, yeah. it'll be interesting, too, to see what the goalies look like. Who, yeah. You know, the right. three games, yeah. who plays two of them or do you, yeah. do you do Will Cranley for the first time? I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, hey, I'd, I'd like to see keep the keep the hot streaks alive for Subban and uh, Zarenko. I also I would like to mention our our buddy Al Armand. Um, I think he he would let, wanted me to mention that they are putting together a little road trip um, this weekend. They're going to be staying overnight at um, Scranton Wilkes Bear, and you know throughout the course of the season, um, they will be putting together different road trips for like some of these three and threes or or local road trips to try to keep the uh, Thunderbird spirit alive on these away trips. So I do know, check into our Facebook page, um, Shake, Rattle, and Goal. Check into the Thunderbirds fan page because I think he'll be putting information up there. But uh, I think they got a group of 20, 25 people actually who are making the road trip uh, this weekend. So hopefully uh, that Thunderbird spirit follows them all the way into Pennsylvania. Love it. Absolutely love it. So, uh, well, this is great, Matt. We finally got some hockey to talk about. Um, and, uh, we're, I think we're in mid season form cause we've been doing this now for a little while. So, um, yeah, hopefully my voice, thank you listeners. Thanks for, for putting up with my voice this episode. Hopefully, uh, you know, it was just that opening weekend and, and, I'll sound better next episode. I promise. Well, you got to remember, uh, Matt deals with kindergartners all day. So, <sighs> You know, you, you do those two games, then you go right into dealing with kindergartners as a gym teacher. So, uh, and I I was outside all day today and it was windy. I had to project my voice a lot. So it's, it's hurting today. (laughs) God bless you. God bless you. Well, I I do a lot yelling. I do with high school kids. So I'm like, I'm not raising my voice because I need it for a living. So you will sit down and you will shut up. Um, (laughs) so I'm able to have a little different tone with the, uh, with the older kids, but uh, no, you, you sounded fine. And, uh, we got through it, rest up because, uh, we'll be doing it again next week. Uh, we do want to give, uh, again, one more shout out to our friends at White Lion. Uh, thank you for sponsoring this show. Check out their new location in Amherst and in Tower Square in downtown Springfield. Great local partner here in the 413. They do some pretty awesome stuff. Give them a like. Give them a follow. Even if you can't make it down there, uh, follow their social media channels. They're active, and they're always liking our stuff, and we're always liking theirs. So we got a nice little go. partnership uh, going on with them. And, um, yeah, Matt, it's been a pleasure, and we will uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you for listening, and as always, let's go T-Birds.